Welcome to season two of Outstanding Women Leaders, Witty and Wise Conversations. I'm your host, Katie L. Leeds, leadership and life coach by day, comedian and writer by night. I'm on a mission to have 100 million witty and wise conversations around the world. No more welcome to my TED Talks and Dear Abby Advice Friends. It's time to start having powerful conversations without being attached to an outcome for that person. There are components of a witty and wise conversation that have a profound way to transform the way we live and lead. Rule number one, nobody gets to be wrong. Rule number two, nobody gets to be right. Rule number three, everybody gets to be vulnerable. And my favorite new rule, rule number four, everything is included. These rules inspired by the Coactive Training Institute will guide our witty and wise conversation today. So if a phone dings, if a, if a garbage truck drives by, it will be included in this podcast. We will not edit. This conversation is exactly what it needs to be in this moment in time. We've asked our guests to join us via video to allow us to create authentic connection. Eyes are the window to the soul. You will be seen here. You will be heard. There is space for you. Conversation is meant to be a dance, an ebb and flow, a back and forth exchange of energies, thoughts, and emotions. The wit we bring to this conversation releases an endorphin known as the painkiller. You actually feel better when you laugh. The wisdom we bring to the conversation will be seen in the impact it has on everyone who hears it. When this conversation comes to a close, I will ask you, our listeners, and our guests two questions. If you've tuned in before, you know what they are. And if you haven't, you don't want to miss them. Welcome, Andrea. I can't wait to ask you those questions as we get uh, into our series today. Andrea is joining us from The Hive, Wichita, which is a co-working space uh, for women. She has founded it as she is focused a space where leaders, change makers, and entrepreneurs connect and empower each other to succeed faster in their careers and lives. A regular speaker and panelist at events, the caliber of TEDx, and an innovative and enterprise award winner in the startup category, with insider connections at countless Wichita area conferences, fundraisers, networking events, and more. Andrea has firsthand expertise in building a brand in the community quickly, efficiently, and sustainably, and her favorite thing to do is to help other women do it too. Welcome, Andrea. You are amazing. Your bio is incredible. And what I love about you is that your background, similar to mine, is a teacher. Uh, you're a creative writing teacher, and as a history teacher, everything they wrote was creative and writing. Um, welcome. Hey, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. And I love your intro. That's so, it's perfect, spot on. Oh, thank you so much. Andrea is um, the last piece that your bio says that we read was the word sustainable. And I love today to talk about the sustainable co-working model that you built that was pre-pandemic -pand proof, right? I mean, you cannot throw uh, a bullet at this place. You've thought of it all. And that's what teachers do. So if you're listening and you're in leadership or business and you don't have a teacher mind, this episode is going to blow your thinking out of the water. That's absolutely right. I always say I got my best leadership training from being trained as a teacher. I've worked with CEOs of these big companies, and it just seems like they, they lack something that teachers always have, which is a way to engage the people that they're working with and to be you know, visual multimedia and to just approach things from a collaborative perspective, um, dealing with any kind of teamwork issues, things like that. Teachers just approach it from a really unique perspective. 
It, we do. And we also have empathy, which is undervalued, I think, in corporate America oftentimes. Um, let's talk about your business, though, because teachers are, when we sit down, we are thinking about where we're going to end up. <laughs> um, and both of us uh, probably didn't think we'd end up as entrepreneurs, uh, we, but we probably didn't think we'd end up being in the same classroom with the same students at the same age forever. So how did you take that mindset when you built your business plan? Gosh, well, so I was a teacher. I taught creative writing for several years at a school for creative and performing arts. So it was fun to kind of get to do multimedia presentations with my students and to, to learn about, constantly be learning about technology and how to apply current issues to what's happening um, in the classroom versus the world. And so when I went when I left teaching and went into marketing and content strategy and doing copywriting and I started to learn more about the world of online entrepreneurship and blogs and podcasts and funnels and all of those things, um, I, I started working from home and uh, I just really got isolated and I started feeling really lonely and um, I'm, I'm a people person. Obviously being a teacher, I was used to being around 200 plus people every day and getting lots of hugs and lots of interaction, smiles. And so I really missed that. And so I went to work at a local co-working space. We had one in our town at the time. And I had heard of it because I lived kind of further out east and in the south where bigger cities that had co-working spaces. And let me just say it was like, it was made for men. Yeah. It was made for men in the tech industry, which a lot of co-working was in the beginning. You know, it was, it was guys that, you know, had their headphones on and they were typing on their keyboards. And if you approach them, they were like, oh, there's someone talking to me. Oh, a woman is talking to me. I don't even know what to do about this. Um, and it was kind of a darker environment and very college dorm room kind of feel. And so I just thought, wow, you know, I'm just not their target market. And wouldn't it be great if there was a space that was more light and bright and beautiful and inspiring and that had some community around it, some engagement, some events, um, and people supporting one another. And so I went to a group of my friends in a, in a group called Lean In. They have these Lean In circles and chapters all over the, the world, um, started by the, uh, the book written by uh, Cheryl Sandberg. COO of Facebook. And uh, all these women were like, uh, yes, why don't you do that? I would love to join. And so I went from idea to opening doors in four months. I went home that night, made a Facebook group, did my branding, um, kind of built it from the ground up. And I basically, I made the thing that I wanted. Uh, when I was a writing teacher, I used to tell students, write the story you want to read. Well, it's the same way with a business, create the business that you wish there was in the world. And so if I wanted there to be an audio video room, a recording studio. I wanted there to be a, a, a yoga space, massage therapy studio there. I wanted there to be um, just lots of natural light and, and events happening and, and, and live streaming on Facebook. And so I made all those things. And it turns out there were a lot of other women who wanted them too. Yes, I'm one of them. And I don't live where you are. And I worked in the co-working, out of a co-working space when I was in nonprofit, it was the cheapest option for us. And I thought, wow, here are all these men, they're successful, they're making lots of money in tech, let's get them connected to this nonprofit that's serving the youth and the community. And it's interesting to hear you talk about it because it was very dorm roomy. Um, I was the breath of fresh air that swooped in and talked to everyone. And they had a community manager, uh, but there were always men and they had events, but 
there were always men at them. And as a single woman, I look, I wasn't a hundred percent complaining. But from a business relationship side, men and women think differently and how women are perceived in business oftentimes is different. And so I didn't see it bearing a lot of fruit with relationships. Uh, I didn't see a lot of engagement where, yeah, adding the keg with the free beer was cool on Fridays, uh, but it wasn't really enough to really build that um, business that you're talking about because your business is more than just come here, sit down, put your headphones in, get your work done, right? More than the classroom where it's come here, sit down, get the information I have to mm-hmm. give you and leave. You created a real hive, which hence the name, mm-hmm. where people are doing business together and buzzing. And not only did you create this, but you thought about what would I do if X went away? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So more about that. Yeah. So Hive actually stands for, and most people don't know, healthy, inspired, valued, and empowered. And those are really our values that we try to instill into everything we do. And so we've always done these lunch and learns every Wednesday and Friday from 12 to 1230. A group of women come and gather and a speaker has always brought lunch and presented a topic. I've sat through plenty of sales presentations. I never want to sit through one again. And so ours are value packed. You have to teach us something and it can't be anything personal or professional development. And so we're not siloed like a lot of other business networking groups are where it's like we only talk business. No, we talk about how to eat a more plant-based diet, how to put your hair in a messy bun that still looks professional, how to, um, you know, uh, get out of a toxic relationship, um, but also how to grow your Instagram following, how to do more video marketing, how to improve your customer service, how to scale your business. Um, because women in particular, I feel like we really are balancing all these balls and we don't have really the privilege of compartmentalizing it always. And so we're whole people, right? So we need to show up as whole people and get information that feeds our entire person. And so we've always done these lunch and learns. And the thing that I did from the very beginning was I live streamed them on Facebook. And so we had our members in person and then we would go around the room and everyone would say who they are and how they help people. So they're working on their sales pitch, right? But it's in a very authentic way. It's not in a, I can sell you X, Y, and Z. It's I help people. I love that. Can we stop with the networking groups? Are we right? We do. I love that you said adding value. Yeah. And so it's, you know, we're not business card pushy. It's like you, you hear every single time what everyone at the table, how they can help people. And if they, if you need that kind of help, you go to them. They're not going to push it on you. And so we start the meetings that way. Then the presenter gets up and, and presents and um, we have lunch while we're listening. And then people ask questions and it's all live streamed on Facebook so that those who are at work and can't get away or at home and can't get away or in another state or another country, we have members in other states and other countries, they can still get that content and get that connection and interact in the comments and still ask their questions and have their questions asked live and answered live. Um, And then they're all archived in this Facebook group and um, people can go back and search through and find uh, 
basically what's neat about it is then most of the people who have presented, you don't have to be a Hive member to present a Lunch and Learn, but most of them have been at some point, then you can reach out to those people and we facilitate warm introductions because as we know, you know, with nepotism and also like friendship driven, a lot of jobs are never posted. Um, they're filled by people who know people who know people. And that there's so much value in a warm introduction. People are going to take you way more seriously than just a cold outreach email. If you have a friend, which is basically me and my assistant here at the hive that can introduce you to other people. Actually, Katie and I got introduced by a friend, one of my hive members, uh, Susanna Matthews from the date maven. She introduced us. And um, that's how I got this opportunity to join you on this podcast. So that kind of stuff, I think, is what runs the world, right? These connections. And that's what we're all about. But the live streaming piece has really been what has allowed us to really be bulletproof throughout the um, the pandemic is that we never stopped giving lunch and learns. We haven't missed a single one in the two years, really, that we've since we've started. And it's because we just, we just pivoted. We start doing them on Zoom. And we still do them on Zoom sometimes if somebody's out of the country or out of the state and wants to present a lunch and learn. And our members are so used to it that they're still joining live um, whenever that's possible. And it's really been uh, great. And we started doing interviews with our members that way through Zoom as well. So the pandemic allowed us to even create more content than we were doing in the past. Um, and so I think that that was really the key is just, you know, finding as the way to reach people where they are. Yeah. What I hear out of all of that is that you have created something valuable for people and you continue to pivot and add value throughout a pandemic. And there's no question of whether or not you can still do that. And that for people listening is the difference between a pandemic proof business and one that's not, you know, I had a conversation with someone the other day and he talked about dry cleaners, right? That's a pretty niche business. Like how are they supposed to, to pivot or how are they supposed to be pandemic proof? Mm -hmm. Because now people may not be wearing the business suits that they were and they're not going to work like they were. Like, mm -hmm. It's a great question. But my mind immediately went to picturing like a cafe where I can get my coffee while you press my suit because it's been in the closet for a while, right? Where people are maybe working from home, but they still have to go to these meetings every now and then and wearing these suits. Is this a place where they could hold a meeting? Is mm -hmm. <laughs> like that you have this brick and mortar. What are those thoughts? And I, I love that from the beginning of setting this up without thinking about a pandemic. You were very intentional about value and value never goes away. Even if it's a pandemic, value should stay in a, a business. So well done. Oh, thank you. And I think people do also have to think about what are revenue generating activities because a lot of what people, the ideas that people think about to pivot are great. They're great additional value too, but where are you going to be replacing that income that you potentially lost? So we lost about $2,000 in revenue per month of the pandemic, right? And I, when I saw that start to happen because people maybe weren't coming in as much in person, right, for our co-working, um, I launched a program called Hive Academy, the Hive Academy, and it was an online program that allowed me to really replace that income that I was losing. And now is something that I, even as um, people are starting to come back in person, I'm able to scale that and, you know, launch that every three months and have that additional revenue stream that I had really been just sitting on. I, I had an idea a long time ago and hadn't take, taken action on it. So sometimes taking those opportunities um, to really dive into something that you've been considering. Yeah, I hear the idea. And I think that is where women are so valuable 
in business, right? Men are linear thinkers. I mean, love that about them. And that's so important, but I love that you're sitting on this idea bin and I, women can get guilty of having too many ideas and then they want to run and tell everybody about them. Uh, and so scaling your business, you have phases, but that idea bucket is just waiting for a pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. The idea bucket is waiting for time yes. to happen. And so if you are that dry cleaner with your incredibly niche business, uh, it's interesting to note like what other idea buckets should people be thinking about pre-pandemic and uh, what else are in your buckets? I'm, I, love the, I love the Hive Academy. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I think it's just about you know, people oftentimes will say, well, now it's not a good time. Now it's not a good time. There's never a good time. You have to take imperfect action. And a lot of people wait till they're, they have everything perfect. Um, you know, I made a perfect business plan when I started the hive. And when I went to the bank to get my funding, which is really the only reason you create a business plan, right? I mean, of course you need it for yourself to kind of have a framework of what you're going to do, but it's also for funding and investors and things like that. And I went to the bank. They didn't even ask for my business plan because I was so passionate about what I was doing. And I really had an incredible story and I could story, story tell. Yeah. And I think that if I would have just waited till I had that perfect, you know, um, um, then I would have never taken that action and never gone forward with it. And so I've, everything I've done has been born out of like literally burning things to the ground and Phoenix rising. I mean, my, the hive was born out of me leaving a toxic romantic relationship, marriage and a toxic work relationship with this, with a boss and, you know, really like selling my six bedroom, five bathroom house with a pool and moving into a tiny home with my then two year old, you know, I mean, completely burning down what was my life and restarting it. And so, you know, COVID really has been that kind of thing, right? Like yes. a lot of our lives have had to burn down the way that we thought that they were and then rebuild them. And, you know, it's really, you've got to be, um, recession proof, right? You've got to be bulletproof. You've got to be, know that that really, when you are burning things down, that you can use those ashes to be that Phoenix rising and to have that, use that extra energy that you're feeling those emotions, anger and disappointment and frustration and sadness that has energy that you can really transform into something really beautiful. Um, if you kind of stop feeling sorry for yourself, um, and really use that opportunity. Absolutely. We just, I just had a guest on who talked about taking her anger and turning it into action. Mm -hmm. um, you're, I hear you, hearing you talk about everything burning down for you. I relate to that divorce. <laughs> like I went from owning a business and having a husband to having two roommates <laughs> and no job. So I totally understand that. And I do think that women in particular, we've had a lot of things burn us down because we do often wear our hearts on our sleeve. And I, we were both pandemic proof because of our life, not necessarily because we um, are intentionally building businesses, thinking about a pandemic. Uh, it's just what we do, right? <laughs> you know, the bee flies into the classroom and we still have to get the show on the road to wherever we're going and we're ready to pivot at any time. That is for many people right now listening, they've never experienced a personal pandemic, a personal mm -hmm. burning down of the house. When you think about, so that I, I love the analogy that another podcast guest had, Veronica talked about quicksand. Mm -hmm. And right now, like we're kind of in quicksand and 
eventually it's going to settle and there will be a new foundation. Your ashes, mm -hmm. when they rise, will build a new foundation. And the hive doesn't have cracks, uh, right? You burn down some other things because you're like, shit, like there's a crack in the foundation. <laughs> the water's coming in. Um, how would you, how do you tell people or what advice do you, we don't do advice here, but just insights you have on building a foundation the second, third, fifth, seventh time around without cracks. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I think there probably are going to be cracks always that you, that you find out about later. And it's just about just being diligent about fixing them as you see them, you know, and, and that's what makes a strong foundation, not necessarily one that is perfect, but one that does have those cracks that you just fix as you, as you find them and, and don't think that it's the end of the world. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love living in a house built in the 1920s, right? Like it's got character. Um, but if you're not cautious about keeping up with the maintenance of it, then it can really become uh, something that you have to burn to the ground completely. And I would say the same is true, you know, with a, with a marriage or different things like that. Obviously, if you're in a, if you're in a toxic, uh, abusive situation, that's kind of a different story. That's not your fault, but you know, it's one of those things you going to therapy, that kind of thing. So with your business, same thing. Like I have, I have what I call a business therapist, right? So she's my business coach, but really again, as I always say, in particular women, we're, we're dealing with all of the things at once. Like I'm a mom to a five-year-old. I'm a business owner. I'm a daughter. I'm a girlfriend. I'm all these different things in my life. And I can't always turn those off to hundred percent focus on my business. And so you've got to kind of roll with the punches and know that sometimes you are 150% business owner. And sometimes you're 150% mom, you know, it's like it, the, the ratio is, is different sometimes. And I think just giving yourself grace, something I was thinking about earlier today was, you know, I am the type of business owner that is sometimes a little bit more fly by the seat of the pants, but it's really gotten me into some really amazing, um, situations that I maybe wouldn't have gotten into if I was so much more of a meticulous planner. And so I deal with the fires as they come up, but I do, I do take the time to kind of do that over overview of like looking at my business and what are areas that I can improve upon. Cause it's important to know all aspects of your business before you're just completely outsourcing it. And I would say that's where a lot of people get into problems sometimes. If they're just 100% outsourcing a lot of things in their business, then you're never in the weeds to see how your assistant's handling customer service issues or to see how the technology is showing up on the other side or to see how your accounting is being done. If you don't know the basics of your accounting or the basics of your customer service or the basics of your technology, then how are you able to trust somebody else to do that? If you don't at least know the basics, you won't know whether they're performing at a level that is satisfactory for your business. Yeah. So what I love that you said there, and this was not my intention, but it falls right into my five dimensional leadership program I'm launching in January. But the first thing you talked about getting the business coach, the, mm -hmm. the therapist, mm -hmm. <laughs> that is the leader within that is dimension number one. And that foundation, you will always be fixing. You will always, Absolutely. right? Coming back to, am I coming from a place of self-confidence? Am I coming from a place of self-authority? Am I aligning with my values in this moment? Am I living my purpose right now? That mm -hmm. leader within, you do have to give yourself grace because that relationship you have with yourself, you've got to love yourself. You've got to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I love that 
the way that entrepreneurs and business owners do that, that you said so beautifully is you have a business therapist, a business coach that can support you because you are in a five dimensional leadership. You just talked about the leader in the field. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be alongside knowing what's happening while at the same time you're the leader out front where you're holding the vision for everyone mm -hmm. and your employees here. So you've got to do this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And as a mom, by the way, you're the same leader. <laughs> and as a girlfriend, <laughs> you're kind of this, there's similarities, right? And then you've got to be this leader behind that supports your staff and supports the people that you're providing value for. Mm -hmm. And then there's the co-leader, the two people that come together giving 100% and 100%. And when they don't, someone has to pick that up. Mm -hmm. And if you're a single mom or if your um, partner like is struggling, like there's going to, that co-leading is also tough. And teachers, we just get that because that's what we do as teachers. We're constantly holding the vision for the class, but caring about the kids, but we've got to be in the field to know what they're learning. And we've got to co-lead with them sometimes because they can teach us what they need. Mm -hmm. um, and if you aren't good here as a teacher, don't show up to work. <laughs> well, you know, and it, it's constantly like reevaluating too. Like you try something that happened to me my first year of teaching was I would go in and I would give a lesson and sometimes the kids would love it. And sometimes the kids would hate it. Yeah. And sometimes the kids would like get it right away and totally understand it. And other times they would like, they just weren't getting it. And so on the days that they loved it, I felt like I was on top of the world. Right. And they were learning it. And then on the days that they didn't get it or hated it, I would feel like I was the worst teacher in the world. And a great piece of advice someone gave me was, um, you have to know that your self-worth is, is here. It's an even keel level, yeah. right? And, and everyone knows, like, don't let the bad days get you down. But what most people don't ever say is don't let the good days get you up so high because it's, it, it's opposite, right? So if you know that um, it doesn't matter if they love it or hate it, you're still an amazing teacher. Like that is your core self-worth, right? Or you're an amazing business owner. It doesn't matter if the people love it or hate it. Um, then, then when you have amazing days and people compliment you, you're able to kind of say, wow, thank you. That was a really great thing for you to say. I really appreciate that. I'm glad that you enjoyed it but it doesn't change your self-worth. It doesn't inflate your self-worth. And then when people say, gosh, I hated that. That was awful. You say, wow, thank you for that feedback. That's really going to help me improve and, and um, yeah. you know, have better systems, but it doesn't make your self-worth go down. And I think that has been just huge for me in my life is, you know, to know that it doesn't matter really what other people think. I can, I can listen to that and make changes based on it if I feel like it's warranted. Uh, but it doesn't change how I feel about myself or my internal self-worth. I don't have to do anything to be valuable or to be worthy. I just core as a human, I'm valuable. I'm worthy. That's it. That does not change. Yes. You are naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. You are great just the way you are. I love that. I'm going to have to rewind that to get your amazing quote because it was so <laughs> great. And you're right. You know, when you, when you find your self-worth, your self-confidence from honoring your values and honoring your purpose, you don't have to get it in crushing a lesson that day and you don't which means that it doesn't go away when that lesson doesn't happen right and what i hear from you in that is so much humility mm -hmm. to say thank you for that feedback 
right? Because you want to improve and you want to, to take that feedback and use it, but you're also a strong leader within that knows that's not a reflection of who you are in that moment. It's just an opportunity to learn. Yeah, I've noticed it definitely has taken, taken out a lot of the fluctuation of the ups and downs in my life. Mm-hmm. But on the downside, it has taken away some of the emotion in my life. I think, you know, we, you and I were talking before we got on here about, you know, hormones and estrogen yeah. versus uh, testosterone. And I really feel like, you know, that estrogen being kind of that up and down, um, not as consistent, but still super valuable part of us. Um, I, you know, when people give me really beautiful, meaningful compliments, I don't cry happy tears anymore because it's not affecting me at a core level anymore. It's still really beautiful and wonderful and I do value it. Um, and then the same thing when something up, you know, somebody says something negative to me, I'm not crying about it. Um, so it, it, it's kind of that I do sometimes miss that being in, so in touch with my emotions, but really I don't, because when I think about the fact that I was really up and down all the time, I would much rather be a little bit more solid and be able to listen and be more mindful about listening to compliments and also cr- constructive criticism rather than have my emotions so tied to it all the time and being up and down. It's interesting. What sticks out for me when I hear that is is, is maybe just a new perspective. I like the perspective of um, a liquor shelf because my therapist used that once and it was amazing. <laughs> She's like, you know, if a good day for you, if a, a bad day for you is Boone's Farm and a good day for you is uh, two buck Chuck, <laughs> if we can both all agree it's better, um, that's a really low measuring stick. She's like, you know, if you said a good day for you was the $20 bottle of wine and your high was just one shelf up, <laughs> Uh, which is a little bit more expensive, and maybe the highest high was up here, then you don't have to worry about the lows because you're not hanging out with Boone's Farm and Chubak Chuck anymore. Ah. (laughs) Um, And so what she means by that, right, is those negative comments, well, you're not going to drink that wine. Mm -hmm. You're going to look at it and you're like, all right, I see this part of the wine that might be valuable, (laughs) right? (laughs) Maybe this particular grape they use is valuable. They didn't And this part over here, like they should have aged it longer. And so I'm not going to include that in my, right. And so Mm -hmm. you don't have to drink off that shelf Mm -hmm. uh, so that you're still able to experience that sense of, wow, I fulfilled my purpose today. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel uh, when a client that's been stuck takes that first step into action and then gets super excited to take that next step into Mm -hmm. action, right? Just like as a teacher, um, Those for me is, whew, I lived my purpose. My, I am in line with my values. I feel amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I close my client's file and I go to my next, my partner. And right, that's, that's the more expensive wine for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, um, and in the morning I wake up and I get to meditate and I get to drink my coffee and like, see my dog. And that's my leader within, you know, that's my like mm-hmm. super expensive bottle. Uh, that's my time with God. So, but yeah, what I hear from that is, is just an interesting perspective of how can I enjoy those bigger highs mm-hmm. without the lows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a different, it's just kind of a different kind of emotion and perspective. It's just not tied to your self-worth. I think that's really the most important key. It's like yeah. you can enjoy them and you can be sad by them, but they don't have to be tied to your self-worth. Yeah. I don't feel more worthy when somebody hits exactly, and I don't feel less worthy when they don't. Um, but I do feel when they hit milestones, like this is my purpose. This is why mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be here. And mm-hmm. it, 
fuels me to want to go further. But you're absolutely right. I don't, just like if I was shopping at a liquor store, I wouldn't consider myself less than if I bought the Boone's Farm. Right. <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've purchased it many times. If you're listening right now and it's your favorite wine, try the two buck chop. <laughs> <laughs> Break out of your comfort zone. You might find something there that's valuable. And you also, you know, there's a lot of value in the bottom shelf too. There's a lot of value in maybe only 2% value, but there's still some value there. <laughs> Let's learn. I want to hear more about your boot camp. I'm interested. I did sign up for your uh, newsletter and I was going to purchase your online. Um, I, I don't do stuff unless I can really like be a part of your community. Oh yeah. I can't do that yet. Um, but I'm excited to be a part of your community. Um, once I move. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Everybody, I always, always think a reason, season, lifetime. We're all kind of right. right? Well, and timing is important too. You don't have to do everything. Phases, oh, for are, sure. phases are important. Yeah. So the hive is, um, you know, technically an international, uh, you know, connection group of women. Right. So we, and we're not exclusively women. I always, always try to say that we are women focused, not women exclusive. We do have men that are members of the hive, um, particularly co-working members in our in-person community. But I always say the rest of the world is your stage and has been for hundreds of years. So the hive is ours. So you're welcome to be a member, but be, um, you know, show up it, as an advocate for women in business. That's really what I ask for of our, of our men. Um, but basically we, uh, we, we do have that online community. It's $25 a month. People can be a part of that online community and interact, um, get support, ask questions, get access to those lunch and learns and, um, different content and things that we do and get those introductions. But also I do this about every three months, I do a free boot camp. It's called boost your reach boot camp, and it's available, um, in our free, uh, public group, uh, is kind of where I run it. And it's basically helping people understand Facebook advertising, um, how to, how to get started. People get a little, uh, overwhelmed with Facebook ads sometimes. And so I love doing this boot camp. It's just kind of sharing my knowledge about Facebook ads for free. At the end of the boot camp, I launch uh, another round of our Hive Academy, which is really all about mastering online selling. And so if you're making anywhere from $500 to, you know, $5,000 a month or more, um, in your business. And you mostly it's in person, right. Or mostly it's one-on-one -on -one connections or things like that. My job is really then to help you kind of scale that online. How do we, how do we get you set up online to where you've got funnels going in your business and people leads coming to you automatically and really able to scale that. So, um, that's, that's kind of what I do. Um, and what we're actually launching into this week, another boot camp, Um, and we'll be doing another one in November. Amazing. I'm excited to check it out. Um, I am going to try to make time for that. <laughs> <laughs> My neuro coaching certification program and the coactive pro certification program. My brain is really my only concern right now. Lots of learning happening for you. It is. And you know, I wish I knew neuroscience when I was a teacher. Uh, understanding that our three pound brain consumes 20% of our energy is wow. really important to understanding how you fuel it and understanding how you tap in and use it. So I've been a lot more strategic with um, allowing myself, if I want to have a learner's mind, because uh, I'm not an empty cop. I got a lot of leadership and teaching experience. Mm -hmm. I've really got to get myself in the right place, absorb it, be humble, learn from it, make some intentional choices about how I want to apply it. 
and I can only, I don't want to, and then I have all the other things, <laughs> like all those other pieces that you talked about. And so I've just been very uh, careful, I guess, with what I'm allowing myself to consume. So I have enough energy to do mm. some of those other pieces, like have a relationship. Uh, right. Oh yeah. You can get into a zone where you're just consuming, 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 and you're not actually implementing or right. you're not giving attention, like you said, to other areas of your life. And so yeah, there's definitely a time and space for that and just being intentional. And most people think going into something, you're going to be able to implement everything. And that's just not true. And so being realistic with your expectations for yourself is, you know, Hey, even if I implement one or two things from what I learned, that is valuable. Yeah. So with that, let's share with our audience. Um, cause I love the way that you think of the, you're talking about phases, you're talking about an empire, right? Buildings go up, um, they, and they don't go, they don't start with the roof. So when you put together that fancy business plan for your bank that didn't need it, uh, what were you looking at as your family? Like, how did you get to the business plan and how oh, did gosh. you decide what to prioritize? Yeah. What's so funny is everything will change you have a plan for how you're going to make money. And in, unless you've ever done a business before, you've had many businesses, really, you have no idea. You have no idea. And so you just kind of have a plan of what you think is going to work. So for example, at the hive, one of my main revenue models was that I had this room that we were going to use as a um, yoga, yoga studio, massage therapy studio, chiropractor studio. And I was going to have um, local yoga teachers run classes there and do a 70, 30 split. They would keep 70% of what they made and we would keep 30% and that we were going to run the classes kind of whenever and, and run it. Same thing with massage therapy and all of that. So that was like a portion of my revenue model. And then once we launched, I kind of found, we tried about 10 different yoga teachers. We tried daytime lunches. We tried every single day of the week, every single time of the day, and people did not come for yoga. And so I had to completely scrap that side of my plan. And I had put in bamboo flooring because that's what the <laughs> yoga teachers said they wanted. And I had all these, I had a mandala, a hand painted on the wall. I mean, we did all the cool stuff. And we, I had yoga mats and blocks and blankets. And um, had to totally scrap it. And same thing with the massage therapy and people just weren't, and the yoga teachers weren't running it like their own business. They were just like, I'm showing up for class. That's what I heard when you were talking, it was like, well, the yoga teacher should have just brought the client. Oh, right? That so, yeah. That was kind of, yeah, yeah, that was a mindset shift. It was like, I can't run my business and all 10 <laughs> of your businesses too. Um, and so it was just a shift. And so I had just had a pivot. And so now I have a massage therapist who runs her entire business out of that room. She rents it monthly from me. I don't take a proceeds or anything like that. It's her business. She runs it yeah. and it works really well. And now we've, you know, launched into having more private offices. People told me they wanted more private offices because they wanted to meet one-on-one -on -one with clients. That's not really in the co-working space model, but we made it work. We expanded. Um, originally I did not think I was going to own my space. I thought I was going to, um, lease it when my floor came up for sale. Uh, I, I ended up buying it because I yeah. and it made more sense to own it than it did to, to lease it. Um, it's actually literally about the same, you know, when it comes down to it, mortgage and all of that stuff. So, 
that being said, you know, when I created my business plan, I put in all these numbers and ideas of how I thought my business was going to be, what, where the revenue was going to come from. And it's really shifted a lot. Like a lot more of my revenue, you know, comes from private offices than I ever thought it would. And from our community, from our uh, community membership and connected membership, um, which are kind of the online versions of things that we do. And that's really scalable. And so I do a lot more online than I ever thought I would do in the beginning. I thought it'd be a lot of in-person stuff. Um, so that's just been shift and that kind of worked out right when the pandemic came we we were already set up to do online and so just be prepared to pivot I mean don't be afraid of getting you know so worried about getting it perfect the first time you do it just write down your ideas overestimate right think that you're gonna make that's the like, teacher in us right over yeah. <laughs> Over plan. Like if, if you think if you're putting numbers down and you think you're going to be making six figures uh, a year um, in revenue, like be realistic, be overly realistic about what your expenses are going to be, because you might be bringing in six figures of revenue, but you might have almost six figures of expenses mm -hmm. by the time you get all the things that you never thought that you needed. And so ask other business owners, um, just be realistic and make sure also that you're realizing that the revenue sources may not come from where you think they're going to come from, or, you know, you're just going to have to pivot. So that, that would be my um, insight. Not advice. Yeah. I love that insight. You know, that the revenue source is not coming from, from where you might think makes me think about laws of attraction. There's neuroscience behind it <laughs> to support why it works. Um, but what you're really talking about is you have, you're not attached to, you don't need to worry about the how. You don't have to get the perfectionism that you talked about. You don't have to get obsessed with the how. You do have to explore all the what could be the possibilities. Could it be this? Could it be that? And you got to pick one. I love that you're like, well, I invested in the floors and it didn't work out. And, and what I hear from that is just the market research, uh, right? And finding, ask, finding a yoga teacher that needs a space for yoga versus finding a, right, a, a instructor that could provide an additional service. Right. Well, and also that market research can be wrong. I yes. did a lot of market research. Uh, that I believe. Everyone said, everyone said oh, they yeah. wanted yoga. Everyone wanted yoga. Everyone was going to come. And then when it came down to it, they didn't. They so didn't as a gym owner, and the only reason I had that insight is they owned a gym. And so yeah. I had free workouts in the park for four months. A hundred people came through that park and signed a waiver that don't tell anyone probably meant nothing. And, and when I opened the space, I was, I knew I needed 30 people and I wasn't attached to this idea of it was going to be that person that came every time. And this person, right. like I didn't have a vision of which 30 people, I just knew I needed 30 people. We opened with 32 and the amount of people that said they wanted it, that didn't put their money uh, where their mouth was. Yes shocking. And, um, but our plan for it was, well, if you only need 32 people, that's a pretty cheap overhead. And mm -hmm. so the space we had was the shittiest space in town. It was the grungiest. It was cold. The bathroom was disgusting. We were the most expensive <laughs> gym in town, but the value that we provided, the service that we offered is why we ended up in that very expensive facility that was never in my wildest dreams. Right. Well, it's what, it's what, if you've ever read Simon Sinek's, um, the power of why I think it's called, yep. um, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it and they buy your story and they buy how it makes them feel and how you make them feel. And I found that over and over again with the hive, people are not buying co-working whenever people do buy co-working, they don't stay long. 
because they're, they're, they're literally just buying your product or your service. They're not buying into you and what you do when people just buy a business listing. So we get a, we give a business listing with our, um, $25 a month membership, right? If you're local to Wichita, you get that business listing so people can search. Um, when people buy just the business listing, they're not buying into our community. They don't stay long. People, when people buy what you, why you do it, those are your people. Those are the people that are like ride or die. They're with you because they really believe in what you do and it's, and you make them feel a certain way. And it's almost like identifying, like if you're an Apple person, you're, you're probably an Apple person through and through. If you're a Harley Davidson person, you're probably like have all these other sets of beliefs that kind of go along with that. Right. Um, yeah. If you're an Apple person, a great example of that would be like, you probably also drink like local, like local roasted coffee or something like that. Like there's these other beliefs that go along with it. Um, like I know that a lot of my members, um, go to this one local coffee shop. They're kind of like, they also want to buy from local people, women in business. Um, they're going to attend conferences and workshops and things like that. So you start to learn about what your kind of people, your target market is interested in and become less attached to just getting just anybody to be a customer of yours. You want your, your people. Yeah. There's a woman I'm going to be talking with soon. I'm excited about who has a whole business model for businesses where they are positioning themselves to attract the people they want to hire instead of trying to figure out Mm. (laughs) process. If those instead of chasing them, they're attracting them. Yeah. Yeah. You really want, I love it. And that goes right back to your value that you talked about and wanting to provide value for people. How do you help people? Because if you're at the end of the day, if you are not helping people, um, then why are you here? Right? What are you? What are you offering? Why is someone going to give you money if you're not offering something of value? Even a product can help people. Uh, it does. It doesn't usually help them to keep coming back, though. I love, I love what you're doing at the Hive. I want my own parliament someday. So we will be in touch. Um, I have, I end every episode with a few questions for you, but before I do that, I would love for you to share where people can learn about your hive because you are international. And if you're a woman and you're looking for a community and what you offer, um, is online, it's a great connection for networking. And if, um, what you're looking for is just literally a hive of people that are going to support you. Uh, and she, Andrea has that as well. So tell us all about where we can find you and all of the good stuff. Yeah. So our handle on Facebook and Instagram is thehivewichita.com and that's W-I-C-H-I-T-A. Um, and you can go to our website, thehivewichita.com. Um, and so that's, that's how you find us. Go there. The connected membership, if you're not local, the connected membership is what you're looking for. That's the $25 a month. Um, it gets you in our Facebook group and to be a part of our community. And we also do something called Hive Mind once a month, which is a mastermind group. People pay thousands of dollars to be in mastermind groups. We do it um, as part of even that $25 a month membership. You can be a part of that. Uh, we basically take two queen bees per month, we call them. And we say, what are three things you're struggling with in your business? And as a group, we really help you figure out what to do next. Um, we mastermind those problems and you walk away with an action plan of what to do in the next 30 days. So that's another little fun thing. We also have a, a mindset coach that comes in once a month and gives us free business coaching um, on our mindset specifically. I love that. Where is, you're in Kansas. Where is that in relation to Kansas City? 
Wichita is kind of in the south uh, eastern corner of Kansas. We're actually the biggest city in Kansas because Kansas City is half in Missouri. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got a former student, actually, who I would love to connect you with. Oh, that'd be great. And she's in Kansas City, and she's launching a business. She's got a master's degree. I taught her when I was on the south side of Chicago. She's like 27, 20, no, 25. I don't know. She's young. She's crushing it. Um, I think she would really, really benefit from your membership. And I, Absolutely. I, I love what you're doing. I love that you're supporting women and finding a way to add value for them as they build their own hive empires. Um, it's just incredible. Uh, think if you've made it this far to listening, I know you're super excited to hear the two questions I have to ask Andrea. Before I do, uh, if you're interested in having your own witty and wise conversation, uh, you can on Wednesdays, uh, last Wednesday of the month, we have a witty and wise and relationship conversation. It's a 90 minute class, uh, conversation, not a class. Sorry, we're talking about teachers. It is a conversation uh, because I'm a teacher. It's on Zoom. You're going to have breakout sessions. It's limited to 30 people. So we're going to get a little intimate. We're going to get to know each other. I just posted an, a podcast talking about the four pillars of leadership, that five-dimensional leadership that I talked about with Andrea. And we're focusing on the leader within. The relationship that you have with yourself is going to allow you to lead and love and be in all the good relationships that are witty and wise and full of great conversation. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Owl Professional Coaching. And if you are making it this far and you love what you hear, write us a little review on Apple Podcasts or Podbean or YouTube. Let people know about us, share us, talk about us. We are on, on a mission to have 100 million witty and wise conversations. If you'd like to have one on a podcast of your very own, you can reach out to me as well at owlprofessionalcoaching.com and schedule a free consultation also just schedule a free let's learn about the podcast love to have you on enough about me andrea this is my favorite part first question what is your superpower um well i have a friend that calls me a lego um and i know a lot of people say this but i really am a connector i love to connect people to people to information to resources um, it's really my favorite thing to do. Somebody asked me one time, what is your favorite thing to do? Like, not just in a job, just in general, like, what would you want to do if you could do it every single day? And it was to talk to cool women doing cool things yes. and, help, and help them achieve their goals. So that's, yep. That's what we're doing right now, that's right? What I'm doing. Absolutely. So with that superpower in mind of your Lego, what's next? Uh, next thing is probably scaling the Hive Academy, scaling our online um, version of the Hive with our connected membership, um, just really being able to help more people. Uh, I will always have a heart for Wichita, for my local community, um, but we've just had a lot of women who have friends in other states and other countries who are interested in, in getting connected with us because they don't have something like this in their own city um, or their country that they can connect with. And so that's never been our focus. Our focus has always been local, but we are super welcoming of anyone in the country or the world who wants to connect with us because we're a pretty cool group of, of empowering women. Yes, I love that. I love that what you really said is what's next is helping more people. And that ties with scaling up and expansion. So very cool. Any last words you want to leave for our guests today? Thank you so much for joining us. 
Oh, just thank you for having me. And, you know, just guys take imperfect action. I just love action takers. And I love seeing when people do things imperfectly. You know, a lot of times people are really afraid of video or podcasts or things like that. But if you look at any of the, you know, YouTubers or podcasters and you look at their first couple of videos or podcast episodes, they're always kind of messy. And I love that because that's, you see the growth and that people just show up, you know, so just show up and take imperfect action. Just show up and take imperfect action. I love that. Just show up Wednesday, last of the month, (laughs) witty and wise, the hive, her boot camp class. It starts. Monday. She does them every three months. Every three months. Yep. Every three months. And on my link tree, I will have a link uh, and this clip so that you guys can find it and join it on Mondays so you don't have to wait. Thank you so much, Andrea. Thank you. Bye, Katie.